You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Episode 119 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band Fine Dining. Fine Dining is a punk rock band from Los Angeles, California. More specifically, they're from the South Bay, home to a slew of great punk bands over the years. With a passion for aggressive music primarily based in punk and hardcore, the three founding members have played in bands and been involved with the scene for 20 plus years. Fine Dining's influences include Pennywise, Strike Anywhere, Rise Against, and Propagandi, among others. For more information on Fine Dining, you can find them on all of the streaming platforms, as well as Facebook at Fine Dining Band and Instagram at Fine Dining Punk. Now here it is, their new single, Elephant in the Van.
Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, this is Vinny from Paper and Plastic Records, and you're listening to That One Time on Tour. Run for the road, cause it's going on and on. We'll be driving through the darkest night until the break of dawn. We'll be heading for the cities, another show for us to play. To get back in the van tomorrow. We'll do it, we'll do it all again Hey everybody out there in podcast land, what is going on? As always, this is Chris Swinney, your host for that one time on tour. If you're joining me for the first time, this is my podcast where I get to talk to all kinds of cool people in the industry of music and entertainment and we always have a stellar conversation. I'm back from vacation. I know I got some emails and stuff from some people. They're like, it's so weird that there's not a new episode out this week. Uh, yes, I took last week off, and I think it was the first week I've taken off in maybe over a year. So uh, I hope you guys are doing well, but I'm back. This is episode 119, and uh, it's a really, really good one. I have Vinny Fiorello from uh, Paper and Plastic Records and formerly of Less Than Jake. He joins me for a second time on the program today. Uh, Vinny is such a good dude. We had a blast chatting. Vinny has a new book out entitled 619 and a brand new music slash art project called The Inevitables. Uh, they're really cool. You got to check it out. And speaking of the new book, if you guys want to win a signed copy of Vinny's brand new book, we are currently running a contest. All you have to do is subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast that one time on tour. You take a screenshot of your review, and you can either email it to me, tototpodcast at gmail.com, or you can post it on Instagram and tag us on August 31st. Three random winners will be chosen and notified that they won. And you can get a signed copy of Vinny's brand new book, 619. So if you guys want to take advantage of that, go ahead and do it. It's going to be awesome. The book is great. You're going to love it. And it's going to be signed by Vinny, the man himself. So uh, this virus thing, you know, how's everybody doing out there with the virus thing? We're doing okay. We got back from vacation and both of my kids have the sniffles and I think they've both got a cold, which I think my wife and I are catching as well. I don't think it's COVID related. Where we were in the mountains, we were down in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, because it's only like six hours away from us. We stayed at a resort so the kids could go swimming and we did all kinds of crazy stuff like we went to the aquarium and everything. Probably things you shouldn't be doing during a pandemic. But uh, I always felt very safe and everyone had masks on for the most part. And yeah, I mean, it. I feel pretty good about it. The kids are a little under the weather right now, but I think it's just a cold. I'm hoping it's just a cold. But uh, we had a blast and uh, a couple people reached out that listen to the podcast that live around Pigeon Forge and kind of wanted to show me around. But it's 
it's kind of a hard thing to do when you're there with the family and you've got the toddlers. So I, I appreciate you guys wanting to kind of walk around and show me places, but uh, maybe next time we're in the area, we could do something like that. But um, also, I'm still not really teaching guitar in person for my job. You guys know if you listen, that's my that's my career. But I am doing remote guitar lessons. If you guys are interested in remote guitar lessons, hit me up on all any of the socials, TOTOT Podcast, or you can email me, TOTOTPodcast at gmail.com. Do whatever you want. Get a hold of me somehow, and we will hook it up. I've got students all over the world that I'm teaching now. It's really, really cool, and I appreciate you guys taking advantage of that. So speaking of, you know, keeping the lights on and making a little bit of dough here and there, we do have some sponsors that help us do that. I'm going to get through these sponsors fairly quickly because I have a lot to talk about today. But uh, at the top of the show, you heard Fine Dining, awesome band out of Los Angeles, out of the South Bay of Los Angeles. Check them out on all of the streaming sites or Facebook at Fine Dining Band and Instagram at Fine Dining Punk. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring today's episode. James Devlin Art. I tell you every week, he's an amazing illustrator, designer. He does artwork for bands and all kinds of cool stuff. I'm sure he's done something for one of the your favorite bands out there. I mean, the guy's list goes on and on and on of the people he's worked with. So check it out, jamersdesign.com and let James do some work for you. Also, my buddy Gary over at PartsCasterConcierge.com. Gary built me a guitar. He needs to build you a guitar. He can consult on anything you're trying to do guitar-wise, so hit him up. PartsCasterConcierge.com. There you go. Come on, Chris. I'm a little rusty. I took a week off, and my, my podcasting skills are lacking right now. So uh, if you have a band or a company and you want to sponsor an episode, it's very, very simple. Get a hold of me any way you can on the socials at TOTOT podcast on the Gmails, TOTOT podcast at gmail.com uh, or any way you can get do, do smoke signals, whatever you want. Just get a hold of me and we can do it. I have some amazing episodes coming up that need band sponsors. So hit me up if you are interested in that and we will make it happen. Um, we are also on Patreon. If you guys would like to do like a monthly thing to kind of help the show out, uh, you can head on, head on over to patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast. I would love to give a shout out to two awesome people. They are our Patreon producers at the highest tier they can donate each month. Mr. Bob Foster out of Hemet, California and Mr. John Exton from Stafford, England. There's a little a little clap for you. So thank you guys so much for that. And if you want to make a one-time donation, because it does cost money to keep this podcast going, you can hit up my Venmo at Christopher Swinney. That is C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-S-W-I-N-N-E-Y. Subscribe, rate, and review. That is the simplest and most cost-effective way because it is free. So wherever you listen, if you want to help us out, that's the best way. Subscribe, rate, and review. Preferably a five-star rating. That would be awesome. Thank you so much. So shout out to Sarah over at Road Dog Supply for all the work on the new website, TOTOTpodcast.com. It got a facelift. It looks awesome now. It used to just be a link tree, and now it's like a professionally done, awesome website. So check that out. 
We also just did a soft launch of our new merchandise store. We have shirts and tote bags and masks and all kinds of good stuff. So check that out. You can get to that over at TOTOTpodcast.com. Thank you so much, Sarah. A couple more shout outs before we get into today's segment. I would like to shout out the Punk Rock Dads Facebook group. If you guys are in that group and you're listening, you know who you are. It's an awesome group. It's just, it's it's nice to know that there are other guys out there like me. You listen to punk rock. You have kids. You're in your late 30s, mid 30s, early 40s like me. And you, I still kind of feel like that punk teenage kid, you know, but now I have responsibilities and uh, I've got kids and it, it's nice being over there. People are very supportive over there. So shout out to all my buddies over at the Punk Rock Dads Facebook group. And while I'm shouting out Facebook groups, shout out to the TOTOT Facebook group, which is the Facebook group for this podcast. We've been growing exponentially. For a while, there was only like 90 people in there. Now there's like almost 300 people. So thank you so much for signing up for that. If you want to do that, just search TOTOT community and you can get in there. And it's a lot of fun. I put up weird stuff and like ways ways you can get featured on the show and all kinds of cool stuff. So go on over to the TOTOT community Facebook group and ask to come into it. It's like a private group, so you have to ask and then I let you in or someone else lets you in. So that would be awesome if you guys want to do that. But uh, Facebook uh, has been, it's been getting good. When I first did this podcast, Facebook was like the least social media thing that I really worried about. But man, it's people have been hitting up the, the site like crazy. So thank you guys so much for checking it out. If you found us on Facebook, that is awesome. I'm I'm there all the time. I hang out more on Instagram, but Facebook is an awesome alternative to Instagram, which I mean, they're owned by the same company. So they're basically the same thing. So make sure you like us and follow us and do all that good stuff and all the socials. We're on all the socials except like TikTok and some of that weird stuff. Maybe I'll check that out sometime. I don't know. But uh, that is enough of me rambling, I'm going to get into a segment today, and it has a lot to do with today's guest. So, it's a radio segment. Cue the theme music. Radio, 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 radio. When I've got the music, I've got the place to go. On this edition of TOTOT Radio, I wanted to highlight something really cool from uh, our guest today is Vinny Fiorello from Less Than Jake. And I've always really liked Less Than Jake. I won't say that I was like the biggest ska fan. I mean, I, I liked a lot of, I mean, I guess I did. I liked a lot of ska bands, <laughs> Mustard Plug, and uh, I loved Against All Authority. They were kind of like hardcore ska or whatever. But um, Less Than Jake was a band that's been around in my life since I was in high school. So, you know, to get to be good friends with Vinny and talk about all this stuff, it's really cool. But the one thing that less than Jake did that, I mean, hardcore fans know all about it, but it's, it's kind of a, a buried thing. And I, I wanted to kind of bring this out and let you guys check it out. If you weren't aware in 1996, my junior year in high school, less than Jake released this record, which was the entire Grease soundtrack, the the musical Grease with you know uh, John Travolta and uh, I, 
I'm spacing the girl's name. Olivia Newton-John. There you go. Australian girl. Um, they released basically all of the songs from the soundtrack to that movie and covered all of those songs. And it's, it was really awesome. They called it greased, like, like the, you know, past tense of Greece, greased. And it was on no idea records. It was only 15 minutes and two seconds in length because those songs, if you know that movie, there's a lot of songs in that movie, but the songs are only one to two minutes long. And that's kind of why. I don't. I just always thought it was so cool because growing up, Grease was a movie that we watched in my household. We didn't watch a lot of musicals, but my sister loved it. I think she did some dance classes back in the day, and they did something from Grease. I'm not sure that could be totally wrong, but I, I have that memory in my head. But that was a mo- that was like a musical that we watched at my house pretty regularly. So I knew all those songs and. When you know I was a junior in high school and they put this out, I just thought it was so cool. And I don't think people talk about it enough to take on those songs is not an easy feat, you know. And I have a little bit of history I'd like to talk about with the release. It was actually released twice. The first release was discontinued to avoid a lawsuit with Paramount, who owned the rights to the film, and Universal, who owned the rights to the song. So you're dealing with Paramount and Universal. So they kind of discontinued that first release just because, you know, I think either on this episode or the previous time when Vinny was on, we talked about that and how they didn't really get permission from anybody. But um, the second release happened after an undisclosed deal was reached with those companies. And it featured different artwork, which actually parodied the artwork from from the original musical. It's really, really cool. You got to check it out. But uh, I just wanted to highlight this release. I thought it was great. 1996 on No Idea Records, Less Than Jake with Greased. And uh, I would say my favorite song that they did from the soundtrack, Greased Lightning. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is. This car's automatic. It's systematic. It's hydromatic. Why it's crystal lightning? Oh, you're talking about the girls and four bell pods, yeah. Keep talking, keep talking. Up your injection cut off, chrome plated rods, oh, yeah. With the foot beat on the floor, we'll be waiting at the door. You know that ain't no shit, and we'll be getting lots of tickets. Lightning. Crystal lightning,
So there it was, Grease Lightning from the 1996 release by Less Than Jake. Greased. You guys need to check that out. I'm not sure if it's still in print or not, but I've seen some vinyl stuff and whatnot, some CDs on YouTube. So check that out, Less Than Jake with Greased. I love it. It's awesome. (laughs) So that's enough rambling from me. I hope you guys enjoyed the little radio segment today. If you have any ideas for segments or anything, please hit me up on the socials. Let me know. And also let me know if you like the segments or if you think it drowns on too, like it drones on a little bit too long. Who knows? I like doing it. I have a lot of positive feedback for the segments. Some people out there are haters, but they can listen to other podcasts. I really don't care because I like doing this. This is my podcast, and I want you guys to love it as much as I do. So without further ado, we're going to jump into my conversation with Mr. Vinny Fiorello. Here we go. And I'm on the line with Mr. Vinny Fiorello. Formerly of Less Than Jake, 27 years, owner of Paper and Plastic, and so many other cool things. How are you doing today, my friend? You know what? I liked Misty better instead of Mr., but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But uh, I'm doing good, actually, uh, despite that it's uh, Florida's currently a coronavirus hotspot, and it's 98 degrees outside. So, hey, we're good. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. I've been kind of at the beginning of the show asking my guests how the pandemic is sort of affecting you. And I know you are in Florida, Gainesville, correct? Correct. Uh, I'm in Gainesville. And uh, early on, uh, when everything shut down, I also own a tattoo shop that's in Gainesville. uh, And then with paper and plastic, everything pretty much uh, ground to a halt. So for me, I just kind of took it as a moment to be a little bit more creative and kind of push forward on a few things that were open-ended as far as like creative projects and things. So, and that's, that was okay. And now that we had reopened, it's a whole nother set of safety protocols and making sure the tattoo shop family and the paper and plastic family, uh, everything's okay. And, uh, it becomes, uh, you know, besides my family, my wife and daughter, right? So it becomes uh, an all-encompassing thought of making sure that everyone's washing their hands and wearing a mask. And uh, we have supplies of hand sanitizer and go down the line. So it's, it's, it's a pretty wild time. And I know, you know, you mentioned your daughter. I know you're a dad like me with, you know, President Trump and everybody talking about reopening the schools in the fall. What are your thoughts on that for when she like goes back to school? You know, it, it's it's a tough thing because me and my wife have been talking about it as well because, you know, everybody is talking about it. August 10th is when Florida schools are supposed to start, right? So that's right around the corner. And I, I just can't see it in my brain. I can't see at the height of Florida in uh, the age of COVID uh, that everyone's going back to school. I And I consider myself lucky because my daughter's school uh, there's no building, you know, there's no like front door of a building. So each classroom is outside facing that you can get in and it's smaller amount of kids. So, you know, it's a bit safer, but I, I, am having a hard time visualizing how things are going to go. So being in Gainesville, I mean, I know Florida on a whole has had like, you know, the record for the most amount of cases in a day. How is it around where you're at? Like your County. Uh, 
as of today was 2,173 cases. So that's not crazy by any means. Uh, like two thirds of the COVID cases take up three counties in South Florida. And that's like Miami-Dade and some of the bigger ones, right? Yeah, Brevard, Miami-Dade, Palm Beach counties. So I think where you're at, it's kind of like how it is where I'm at. I'm in the middle of the country. I'm in Muncie, Indiana. And I mean, it's scary around here if, if you don't want to catch it. But we've had about, I think, three to 4,000 cases in the county since it started. So, I mean, are you seeing people wearing masks and whatnot? My wife just got back from the grocery store and she said, like, no one had a mask on. Every, everybody in inside of Alachua County, where Gainesville's at, it's a mandate of you have to wear a mask. That's that's good. I think they should do that like everywhere. Well, it's the, it's the only way that you're going to beat back what is going on, right? If you can't see it and it doesn't affect you for uh, four to fourteen days, uh, man, a, a mask is the 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 logical thing to wear. You know, social distancing as well. But I mean, you you have to run into the the store and you have to go get gas and you have to do all these things. Uh, why not wear the the piece of cloth? And I get no one wants the federal government, you know, issuing these rules and regulations when it comes to uh, their body and 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 what their liberty. If they if you boil it down to, but in this case, it's it's a public safety issue, man. It's not a, uh, a civil liberty, yeah. right? That yeah. you have to be able. So before we get into the reason I wanted to have you on the show today, which is some of that new creative stuff you were talking about, running paper and plastic uh, during COVID-19, I know you're not touring much anymore, so that might have not changed very much for you that you, you're you not out on the road like a lot of the other musicians that are on the show, but running a record label and having bands that are releasing stuff on your record label and then not being able to go out and promote that. Have you found some like new and creative ideas to promote your releases? You know what? It, when we, when COVID became a reality, uh, there was some hard things in, in my brain. And I, I went and I basically took, you know, almost two months off and, just to see where it was going to land and kind of get a, a headspace of what to do. So when we came back and we reactivated, everything has been digital and everything will continue just to be released digital with no physical product until uh, touring can, can come back. And that's just the safe for the safety net for an independent record label. Right. Uh, and what we've been concentrating on is playlists especially to get new eyes and new ears onto smaller bands making sure you know you have everything in place for marketing whether it be videos you know and, and just trying to push in the best possible way to get people to pay attention when you know there's so much coming at you whether it be live shows on instagram or facebook you know whether it be you know, your every movie or every possible music release at your fingertips digitally, it's hard to cut through the static. And, and it's hard through, to cut through the static normally, let alone during a pandemic where everybody's holed up at home and just, you know, consuming media in some way, shape, or form. So we've, we've just been trying our best, man, and, and pushing to it. And you know as well as I do that, you know, most punk bands 
most people find out about it while you're on tour because yeah. it's that excitement of a band and that excitement of a gig that kind of draws people in. So when you're trying to, you know, maybe, I don't know if you've done a lot of signing during the pandemic, but what do you look for when you're signing a band? I know you've got bands from overseas. You've, uh, you know, our, our mutual friend Pete from Protagonist, I know they're on the label. What do you look for when, like, are they sending you demos? Are you going to shows like pre-COVID? You know, well, you know, pre-COVID, yes, but now it's just I get a lot of even unsolicited music. And a lot of it, to be honest with you, I've been label sharing a lot. So if it would be, you know, let's say Divided Heaven, you know, that was a split label release with Wiretap. And uh, you go down the line of, let's say, uh, Blow Fuse, the Daily Ritual record, uh, that I did, that was a label share with, you know, four other, five other labels, right. That were around the world from Spain to Holland, you know, Netherlands to rest of Europe to, uh, Canada, France. So I think that it, it makes sense when you can kind of share the cost, especially during this time period where it is, let's say a band that I, I really love from Spain and they weren't planning on coming to the United States on tour. And now especially they're not coming because of the pandemic. So I think that a a very cool thing is that we could share resources between labels and we can really help the band in, in specific markets that, that we know, you know, myself in North America and go down the line of whatever, you know, label that you're sharing with. Is there something that you look for, though, in a band, like something that kind of all the bands you've signed kind of has a correlation, something that really gets you going before you sign them? It's just music that I really like, and I have a very eclectic taste in music. So let's say uh, Round Eye from Shanghai, that was a record that came out a few weeks ago. Uh, They're very like Mr. Bungle-esque, but kind of mixed with Dead Kennedys and mixed with some like older punk and i i immediately when i heard it i was drawn to it because there was a certain chaos that i really liked about it but then if you go into you know uh versive uh and they're very much so i released a single last friday from them they're from ireland uh it's very four years strong so i think there's no one particular thing about bands that i sign uh, except for that I, I like them as people and I like the music that they're doing together. Has there ever been a band that you were like really stoked on that you, you didn't get to put something out? I mean, that's a, that's a thousand <laughs> stories. You know what I, mean? I figured it was. There, there's a thousand, there's a thousand of those for sure. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to have you on today, I know uh, you were talking about the creative stuff during this pandemic. You have a new book, 619, 30 short stories. Can you kind of take me, you know, down that road, like, have you always wanted to write a book as is, is it's some of it's like, it's fiction, right? Like it's 30 short stories. Well, it's, it's not fiction. It's, it, it reads like a memoir. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, and it's most definitely, uh, all based out of, of what my observations are, you know, and, and through. So let me give you one thing though, real quick is that I had written a book. This is go back about five years ago. I wrote a children's book Okay, and and sometimes robots like being robots. And that was 13 uh, small stories about robots. And that was fun to do. And that was a cool thing. And I 
collaborated with my friend who was uh, an illustrator and it was a very, very, very cool thing to do. But uh, I had started when I had stopped touring with Less Than Jake, I had started writing a novel and I was about a hundred, a little over a hundred pages in and I started to get freaked out a little bit. I started to go, is anyone really like this? Like, and you know, are people going to want to read this? Like, am I even a good writer? Why am I writing? And it was all these questions. So I kind of took a moment and out of just straight, you know, uh, of being, you know, instead of letting fear paralyze me, I just kind of channeled that fear into a project and the project wound up being 619, the book where, uh, each day of June, I was, I tasked myself with writing a short story. Wow. And, uh, so every day of June of, it was last summer and just, I just went for it and it reads like very much. So it's, um, reads like a memoir and has a lot of past experiences sort of baked in anyway. And, uh, very lyrical and has a certain bounce to it uh, just from doing lyrics in less than Jake for 20, whatever years. Right. Uh, So there's a certain lyrical bounce to it and there's a certain descriptive and nature to it. And it was, it was just a lesson to get me out of this sort of fear of, of continuing to write this, this, you know, mammoth thing that I never did before, which is a novel. And thankfully I'm, another hundred pages in. So I'm over 200 pages right now of the novel. So I'm hoping to wrap that up in by October. Can you give us like a little example of like maybe a summary of one of the stories? Like, is it music based? You said it was kind of like a memoir. Like what are some of the themes? Well, you know, the, the themes most definitely are living in the South. You know, there's a lot of, uh, characters that are uh, sort of built into places that are hot and humid and kind of, you know, if you've ever been to Gainesville, it's kind of country anyway. Yeah. And during June, me and my family, we would, you know, drive over to the beach and you're driving through these small towns. So there's a lot of descriptiveness of like ghosts of things past and uh, problems of the present and questions of the future. Did you always think about like, you know, you, like you said, you were the primary lyricist for less than Jake for all those years was writing a book. I mean, I know you did the children's book. Was it always something that you had an interest in or was it just of of late? No, it's, it's something that I always had an interest in, but you know, when you paint yourself into, this is who you are, you start to believe that, okay, I'm the drummer of said band that I I do lyrics. I, I don't have to be these other things and people paint you into that corner of this is who you are. And uh, maybe it's between being a dad and uh, doing a paper on plastic and doing a tattoo shop. You start to get less and less minutes per day that you could pull out to be creative. Right. Yeah. Uh, And I I just didn't get to it, man. I just, I, I, it's that quintessential. I really want to write a book, but I just never got to it. And I I got to it. And when I did get to it, I got fearful in the middle of it going, what am I doing? This is, this is crazy. You know, why am I even doing this? And 
it took six the the thirty short stories of six nineteen to shake me out of that fear and go, dude, look, you started this, you did it every day. Each story is different. They're only linked by location and the person that's viewing it, right? And you did it at the end. And uh, after that, it became this sort of drive of what this year was going to be, 2020, right? Between uh, the book and then the Inevitables project that we just had uh, started to announce, right, Uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it's all these things that I had planned for and was planning for in 2019 and doing uh, for 2020 to come out and re- and be released. So why don't you take me down the road? Then you said you were like writing a story each day. Do you work with an editor or like a ghostwriter to like put it into a certain format or did you just kind of DIY everything yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that an editor is good when you're at the end of something to go, hey, maybe you should think about doing this, or this doesn't make sense, and you should check it out. But for those every day, you know, it was just something that I sat down on my computer and went into. I run this program just called Text Edit. It's on Mac. It's just a very simple word processing uh, program, and sat down and wrote every day and took notes. If I was doing something or in the middle of work and I would do notes about what the idea would be and kind of outline it. So when I sat down, I could just, you know, uh, run with the creativity and telling the story instead of trying to worry about the mechanics or how the story would uh, unfold. And I intentionally did it where uh, each story feels a little bit written a little bit different. So it wasn't this, oh, yeah, well, you got to do the opening sentence and it has to be like this and you have to support it. And then you have to do a wrap up paragraph. It was there was none of that. It was a lot of uh, a friend of mine who is also an author. He went, dude, this is all the best parts of like kind of like a, a like beat writing, you know, and I went, OK, cool. You know, and it has that sort of sensibility to it. And like I said, there's a certain lyrical bounce to it and most definitely if you like less than jake lyrics it it, it's definitely feels like that in certain parts is it is it going to be coming out like uh published by paper and plastic or you're working with a publisher like an outside publisher i you know what it's it's out already and i just did it myself it was a a very the way it's a, a similar thing if you were in a new band there's so many tools to about publishing and to publish yourself, uh, you know, as far as music is concerned, to release yourself, that uh, it was a no brainer for me who was already a hands on person about releasing music and, and releasing art and things like that, that it made total sense for me to do it myself and uh, sell a book through Paper and Plastic web store but also have it available for Kindle. And there's the audio book that's coming out in a week. Uh, so it just, it just made sense for me to do it myself instead of trying to go through, you know, the, the hoops of, you know, working with a publisher uh, for the novel though, I'm actively and have actively been looking for a publisher for it. When you're talking about the audio book, did you read everything or did you have someone else kind of do the voiceover? I I had someone else to do the voiceover just because 
I didn't have the recording gear in the pandemic and I could not go to a studio to record it during the pandemic. And there's going to be, other than that, you said Kindle and everything all digital and there are actual like hard copies they can get through the store, correct? Correct. So I'd like to, I'd like to know, you know, owning a record label and now kind of foraying into book publishing with that label, even though it's your own book, do you look at the promotion differently than maybe you would to promote a new record? Well, yeah. I mean, especially now because you are in the midst of something that we've never, you know, in my life, in your lifetime, never experienced. Right. So, uh, putting any, anything new out right now, uh, you have to always put a watchful eye onto it and try to figure out what it is. Right. So there's a certain, in the back of my mind, there's a certain person who always liked less than Jake lyrics that will pay attention. And my job is to try to get other people that don't even know who less than Jake is or myself is, or my background uh, to pay attention to what I'm writing and how I'm writing. So, you know, that's through, reviews of good reads and approaching other literary sites that do reviews. And it's very, again, very similar to uh, putting out music. There's places that do independent publications that review those that do interviews with authors. So uh, I'm just focusing on that. Well, speaking of putting out music, you just mentioned a new project that you've got going on. Can you give me a little bit of info on that? Well, I, I could give you the info that is available right now, okay. uh, which is uh, I'll be releasing. Well, it's, there's a countdown to a project that I'll be launching. Uh, and right now that is, what is 13 days away from when we're speaking, which is at the end of July. It's called The Inevitables. And The Inevitables is not only a music project, it's an art project. And I can't really go more than that. But uh it's the two people that have been uh, the two people that have been uh, named, you know, that are working with it that we've uh, released are myself and then Obi Fernandez, who uh, is in Westbound Train. Okay. And there's a bunch of other guys, but we spent a lot of 2019 putting it together, uh, and we'll be launching at the end of this month. So it's just fun because it was fun to write songs with other people and it was good to interact and and not have this box that you have to be involved in right so uh with anything if you've been in a band for a short time or a long time there's not many bands that can continually expand the box that people who are fans that would be okay with them exp uh, expanding the box. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, did you ever felt kind of feel kind of boxed in, in less than Jake, like people kind of expected a certain thing from your writing? Absolutely. I think that, you know, we, we, for in with the out crowd, we had stepped outside, uh, the usual kind of frantic and hectic and fun, you know, this effervescent, like ska punk, and we had a, a bit more, you know, intense writing sessions and uh, just really intricate songwriting at the time for us. And, you know, people that reviewed it still were like, oh, it's the fun boy, frat rock, ska punk. And it was like, 
dude, what? Like, like this is this blew me. And when I was reading those things, it just made sense to me that people already have a preconceived notion. It doesn't matter what you're doing. They already go, oh, less than Jake, it's a Scott Punk band. You know, and then you had fans who, you know, during the time got mad at that record. And some of those songs are our most popular songs currently, you know. So a rest of my life who got panned when it came out, you know, became a live show favorite and you know, towards, you know, later, much later after the record came out. Yeah, I was wondering how that was because I there's a new documentary that I just watched. It's on Amazon Prime. I can't remember the name. Pick it up. Maybe it's about the '90s, kind of late, early 2000s skull explosion. Yep. And you guys were a big part of that, and like with Real Big Fish and and all these different bands. And I mean, there was a time where, you know, like there was a ska songs on car commercials, and like all it was just like the biggest thing in the world. When that all kind of went away, did you guys ever have the urge to maybe? try to change a bit and do what you were just talking about? I mean, or, or did you guys just write whatever came to you? You know what? We always, we were always a band that wrote what came to us. We never went, Oh, we only have to write, uh, you know, ska songs with horns. We had punk songs and we had slower songs and we had everything in between a reggae influence and a punk influence and a metal influence, you know, like an eighties metal influence, not harder than that. But I mean, if you look back in early Less Than Jake, we had a, a Slayer covers oh, seven yeah. inch. Yeah. You know? So so uh we we never were shy about having uh, multiple influences. I think that it just came a time where again we, we were painted into this is what your place is, and it felt like, hey, stay in your place and, and do what you're supposed to do instead of do what you want to do. And that's for any creative that becomes a thing, right? So speaking of, you know, less than Jake, I know you haven't really been touring with them. Uh, do you have involvement with those guys? Are you still cool with those guys? Like, are you completely out of the band now? I don't really know the story. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's that when I decided to uh, pull back from touring on it, I spent a year kind of doing merch and doing social media and stuff. And then after that year was up with 2019 through 2019, the top of 2020 was sort of, uh, I'm, I'm bowed out of, of everything. So, uh, besides, you know, being involved in the band and having all of that sort of back catalog of things, anything forward, I'm not involved with, of, you know, 2020 out. And you guys are still like cool though, like it was kind of a mutual thing. Well, it's it's never a mutual thing when someone <laughs> comes and goes. Hey, I don't want to do this because I feel that my place is home with my daughter. Yeah. growing up, you know. So that that's not mutual. You know, that's me being one sided. And but in those cases, you have to be one sided. You have to do what you think is best and what's good for your soul. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one reason why I'm no longer touring is that I have children and. I just didn't feel right being away from them. Some people can do it. I, I, I respect, I have a lot of friends that are still on the road all the time and they have kids, but I just myself, I couldn't do it. So I totally understand, man. Yeah. But here's the thing. I did it for a long time for, you know, seven, seven and a half years of her, of her life. I was on tour. Right. And it came to the point though, where, you know, different friends that are in bands that have been around for a very long time went, dude, you know, I have three kids and my first two, I don't even really know. And 
but on this third one, I, I have a little bit of a different uh, reality of making sure that you're spending time and you're doing the things that you need to do as a parent. And I took that to heart because sometimes there's no second chances, man. There's no second kid to like uh, fix my mistakes on. There's one daughter, man. And I, I don't want to look back when she's a teenager and go, I really wasn't around for when you were growing up, man. And, and I didn't, I didn't feel that was the, the way that I wanted to be a parent and, and go forward. So it was a hard choice, man, because you have to realize for less than Jake, I would wake up. The first thing that I would think about would be less than Jake. And the last thing that I would think about before going to bed was less than Jake. And it took the, the pull of family and the need to be home, uh, that that had to take priority. Now, I think that's how it is. Like, you know, successful people in bands like that, it's almost all encompassing and you almost have to be obsessed with your career. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you can't be a band for almost three decades and it be a passing uh, thought on a daily. You have to, you have to get in there and you have to do what you have to do. Uh, but just because I'm not touring and just because I'm not, you know, working on a daily with what the lesson with what lesson Jake is and has become, uh, that doesn't mean the creativity and the, my passion for music and my passion for producing art is gone. Right. In fact, it's almost amplified now. Well, yeah, I guess if you, if you're not doing as much writing with what you had been writing with, you can kind of direct that energy other places. And that's why we see all these really cool projects you've got coming up. Absolutely, man. And I think that 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 was, you know, there's a few super positive things about stepping away from touring. And, and one of them is my, my relationship with my wife and my daughter. And uh, that's a, a beautiful thing. But on the on the further on the creative side, man, it, it's allowed me to explore a lot of different avenues that I wouldn't have had the time or the energy to do if I was continued to tour. So, Hey, I have some, uh, listener questions. I always ask people on social media if they have questions for my guests and you were very popular. Once again, this is your second time on the show. Oh, by the way, thanks for having me again, man. It's awesome to, uh, talk again. Oh yeah, man. I had a blast the first time and Pete hit me up and told me about the book. And of course I didn't, I didn't know it was out. He didn't give me a lot of information. He gave me like a little synopsis of somebody's review of it. So that's why I didn't really know what was going on, but I'm excited to read it. But the listeners of this podcast, they love you. You've been requested many, many times since you were on before, and they have a lot of questions for you if you wouldn't mind answering them. I, I could try. Okay. We'll give it a shot. So Jeff from Florida said, how did you end up collaborating with Funko on the vinyl figures? Here it is. And it's a, a very, very fun and, and, and interesting thing, right? So uh, I was at Universal City Walk outside of Hollywood, California, and I went into a store called Sparky's. And Sparky's had this very cool bobbler uh, display set up in the window. And you know, I had I'd known about bobblers. They were a 50s thing and a 60s thing, and it was cool, right? And I went in, I looked around, and, and Sparky's had almost every one that had been made at that time. And I looked, and I went, this is really cool. And I, I, we you know, had Mr. Skull with us that was blowing fire and doing everything at that time, like Rockview uh, touring around that time. And 
I went, this is, this is awesome, man. And, uh, I looked on the bottom of the box to who made it and it said Funko. And I wrote that down and I stuck it in my pocket. I went back to the hotel where I was staying and I called information. I said, uh, do you have the the phone number for uh, Funco Incorporated? And they're like, uh, is is it in uh, Snohomish, Washington? I went, uh, yeah, I guess, right? <laughs> and uh, I, dude, I, I cold called and said, hey, this is Benny. I play in this band called Less Than Jake. And I saw this and I would love to be able to collaborate on something that uh, a piece of merch for Less Than Jake and what can we do? And the owner of Funco, Mike Becker, uh, he called and we talked and he's he was awesome right out of the gate and we talked about what we were going to do in the future and he helped me and was a uh, uh you know sort of this inspiration to make toys and continue to do things beyond like the lesson jake evo kid and mr skull where i did monkey vs robot and wonderland war uh toy line so he was the one that sherpa me through that whole process. So it was a cold call, man. And it happened to work out. Did you just like leave a message or were you actually able to get him on the phone on the, at the beginning? At the beginning, it was uh, his secretary that I left a message with. Oh, that's awesome, man. I can't, I can't believe you just called Funko and, and they, they talked to you. That's great, man. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, Jeff, thank you for your question. Alan from Alabama, he would like to know what's your favorite or most memorable venue is and why that you've played? Uh, let's see. I, I, I would go with that. It would be the Brixton Academy in uh, London, England. And there, it, the show was just at, at a moment, man, where uh, Weston Jake just started to kind of like peak in, in England. And it was uh, our headlining show that we had with, Dropkick Murphys and the living end. We were doing that tour with them and we were headlining that show. Uh, and 4,300 people, I think sold out crowd. And it just felt, man, it felt magical. And at the, at the time it was just, this is, this is super cool. And, and just, it, it just felt like it was an important moment, right. Uh, that, that was happening and was cool. Uh, other than that, man, there's a lot of, a lot of really cool and eclectic venues that are around the United States. But, uh, another one that I, and that's both in the same city, uh, fireside bowl in Chicago was a big one for me that I really loved early on when we were touring and the Metro in Chicago means a lot as well. Uh, we had great shows there and great memories of the city. So, uh, yeah, those, those, those are a few of many. Those are some of my favorites. Also, man, I, I love all those places. I wish the fireside was still around. Me too. Actually. Did you ever play CBGBs? we never, we never played CBGBs. So you never got to experience the bathroom at CBGBs. You know what? I experienced the bathroom just because I grew up in New Jersey and saw shows there. Oh, right? okay. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I've experienced that. Did you guys play, uh, Maxwell's very much in Hoboken? We played there one time. I always really enjoyed that place, man. I had a I had a blast every time we played there. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those places. Again, you could feel the history kind of drip off the walls in places like that, and it makes it even more memorable, man. When you know 
what bands have played there and the history that's behind a venue makes dude it makes for great moment man for you being in a band and you know shit the the thing for me to go back onto another one there's a uh a shed that's here in saint augustine florida and we played there with pepper uh and yeah it was just pepper and i forget who opened the show but it doesn't matter but that was just another one where you stepped on stage and it just felt right to be there saint augustine amphitheater right and just felt great backstage it felt good on stage just good memories and good everything that's attached to it thank you alan so much for your question Uh, i've got a couple more for you buddy from massachusetts he said, what is the most personal song you have ever written for Less Than Jake or just in general? That would be, uh, it's, a, it's probably a tie, to be honest with you. It's Escape from the A-Bomb House, which is on Anthem. And uh, it's Rest of My Life, which is on uh, which is on In With The Out Crowd. And they're both, you know, it's less, you know, less than Jake. I was lucky enough to be able to explore sort of heavier, sort of dark cloud topics and have it buoyant and balanced by kind of fast and, and poppy music. But Escape from the A Bomb House is, you know, about leaving that, that, the house that you grew up in because you feel like it out, you outgrew it. And that the good that is there uh, is out it outweighs the bad that's there currently, right? And that's pretty pretty heavy, man, for a a pop punk song, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. You know, and, and uh, rest of my life is just another one, man. It's it's uh, you know about uh, a mixture of just loss, man, whether it be divorce or whether it be somebody passing or a a relationship with a friend ending and just it's just heavy and every time that i would hear it 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 would it would hit every night it would be one of those songs no matter what it would hit me right like in the gut and i would feel it every single night do you i i ask people this quite a bit because you know, I've been in bands a lot and I still once in a while I'll find myself like it'll come on Spotify on a playlist or something. And I'll have this like moment where I listen to stuff that I've done and to kind of take that trip down memory lane. Do you listen to your old stuff very often or do you just kind of like, when was the last time you listened to a less than Jake song? You know, a, a less than Jake song came on uh, while I was listening to faction like uh, uh, satellite radio. Yeah. And I sat there and listened to it, and it was, of all songs, uh, she's gonna break soon, and it it made it made me immediately go back in time, and man, and that and that's the beautiful thing about music, right? Music's the best fucking time machine, you know. When you listen to it, you immediately get transported back to that moment that you first heard it, that you first listened to it, or first created it. Or, you know, you wrote down that one part of the song or you had the riff, whatever it is, right? Yeah. It's a best fucking time machine. And I was driving a car and it came on satellite radio and immediately just, it just took me back to recording it and doing the video and, you know, talking about the bridge. I think the best bridge lyrically that I ever wrote was the bridge and she's going to break soon. 
Yeah, I think I think that's the best bridge that that I I've written lyrically, you know, and I think that that's again, it goes back to to music is is just a great way to reconnect with how you feel and with memories and stuff like that. And it, it dude, it's the best anchor as well to keep things sane and safe, right? But it's also the best thing to kind of send you just adrift, you know, aimlessly and in, in, in a cool way. So I've got one more question, buddy from Massachusetts. Thank you for that question. Uh, Andre from Romania, all the way from Romania. He would like, he would like to know what your favorite country that you've traveled to on tour has been, or just on like a holiday. Uh, that would be, that's a tough one. Budapest. I love Budapest, man. That's my, that's my, that's my favorite city. I, I hope to go back with my family and take them there on vacation. It was one of those places again, man, like we had a day off there when we were touring Europe and I walked the city and man, it just, it was beautiful. And I just felt energized while I was there by everything. And it, it was just immediately fell in love with the city. We came back afterwards. We were like, we have to play Budapest. And we came back and headlined a boat that's on the river there uh, yeah. called a- the A38 is the name of the venue. It was a super cool venue. And again, it was a ship, right? That's docked. That's on the river there. And the show, man, it's actually, if you look, if you look up less than Jake, A38 uh, Budapest, there's a amazing like five camera shoot from that show. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Andre, thank you so much for your question. Uh, I've had you on the line for quite a while. Um, what is, you know, I ask people this all the time and during the pandemic, it's kind of weird. I know you've got the book that just came out and you've got the new music project, but do you have anything else in the future, like for you or for the label that you could talk about? You know what? Uh, for me, I have the inevitables that are coming. I currently actually have a podcast for creatives as well, uh, called concentric circles. Uh, and we're doing that every other week now and just trying to, to get a flow going for uh, sort of creating that. Uh, I have novel. Hopefully I'll be finished with writing it in October and it'll be out sometime in 2021. Uh, the Inevitables world I'll go back to real quick. There's a lot There's a lot of like different music that's coming and a lot of different projects that are attached to it. So. Uh, it's been taking up a lot of my time, uh, the most for paper and plastic, the release that I'm most excited for everyone to hear is the after the fall record, uh, resignation. And that's digitally out, uh, at the top of August and physically will be out towards the end of the year, probably November. Uh, and yeah, man, that, that, that covers it for me. You know, side note though, too, I've been doing a lot of, I bought an old typewriter and I've been doing a lot of, uh, poetry that's on that old typewriter and just doing these like one sheets of paper with these, like, uh, with writing on it and just kind of poetry. I've been doing that and that's my new sort of 619 vibe of just being able to try to write every day in some different form. Well, maybe we can get a poetry book in the future then, huh? 
You never know, my friend. You never know. <laughs> I was going to tell you, too, uh, I know you've got the podcast going. If you ever need any help at all, please let me know. I, I can I can probably help you do some stuff, man, if you need any assistance. Dude, dude I, you know what? The beautiful thing is, anytime anyone says, do you need help? You know what my answer is? Yeah, because... <laughs> I, I like I like collaboration, man. And I think that in this day and age, people are so like walled off for each other that like collaboration is a forgotten it's a forgotten sort of art form in itself, right? Yeah. So dude, I love collaboration. So you wanna help and you wanna try to like sort of point me in the right direction? The answer is yes, my friend. Cool. Well, I will be in touch. I'll be in touch about that. Because like I said, nobody, I didn't know what I was doing. I've been doing it for three years now and it's it's become fairly popular and it's successful. So I always, when people tell me they're doing a podcast, like, hey, if you need any help, I'm here for you, man. The, the answer is absolutely. And thank you. Awesome. Well, uh, could you give us maybe any of your online presence so people could check you like your personal, the band stuff, the whatever, some some of your socials? Yeah, you could check out myself at uh, at Wonderland War on Instagram is where I post the most. Uh, that's W U N D E R L A N D W A R. Paper and Plastic uh, is at you know at Paper and Plastic, and uh, for the Inevitables that that's coming up, it's on Instagram at We Are the Inevitables. And other than that, man. Uh, that sort of covers what it is. If you want to check out 619, that would be amazing. Uh, thank you for all the support for the people that have bought it and that continue to support what I do, whether it's, you know, uh, writing or whether it's creating music or creating art. It means the world to me, it means everything to me. Well, I tell you what, man, I've had a blast talking to you once again. I can't wait for part three. I can't wait to go pick up the book and, uh, I just hope for continued success for you and your family, and I hope that uh, I hope the schools don't open. <laughs> you know what? I I am am thinking the same thing, and towards you as well, man. Continued success on the podcast, and for your family to be safe and healthy, man, and and continue to work. Awesome. Well, everybody, make sure to get 619, 30 short stories. Vinny, thank you so much, and have an excellent evening, my friend. Thanks, brother. So there it was, my conversation with Mr. Vinny Fiorello. Uh, it was Vinny's second time on the show. I'm sure he'll bat, be back in the future to complete the hat trick for number three. Uh, make sure to check out The Inevitables, his brand new art slash music thing that he's got going on. There's still a week left on their Kickstarter. If you guys want to get involved with that, there's all kinds of like, you know, things that you get for, for donating to the Kickstarter. So check that out. All of the links for everything, especially that and, uh, you know, information on the new book, 619. It will all be in the show notes. I don't know if anybody ever checks out the show notes, but I always put everybody's Instagram handle and all of the pertinent websites and everything for all of the stuff we talk about is always in the show notes. So wherever you listen, just hit on that little details or show more and all of the links will be there and you can check out everything. I even put like Spotify links and all kinds of stuff. So you can go straight from wherever you listen to checking out everything that we discuss and all of my sponsors and all of my shit. It's all in the show notes. So if you've never checked that out, Check it out. It's like a whole new world opened up to you with all of these cool links for everything. So remember, 
Speaking of the book, we just said that again. Awesome segue, Chris. We're running a contest. You can win a copy, a signed copy of Vinny's brand new book, 619. All you have to do, subscribe, rate, and review, snapshot, screenshot, whatever you prefer. <laughs> snapshot. Yeah, do a do a Polaroid of this of the review and then mail that to me. No, I'm just kidding. Screenshot your review. You can email it to me, tototpodcast at gmail.com, or the easiest thing in the world, just post it on Instagram and tag me in it. Tag the podcast in the post. On the 31st, three random winners will be chosen. You will be notified, and you will get a brand new, awesome signed copy of Vinny's book mailed to your house. It's that easy. So make sure to take advantage of that. And, you know, someday maybe it'll be worth like a million dollars. Who knows? Or it could just be this really cool treasure that you have in your house because you love Vinny's work. You love Less Than Jake. You love The Inevitables. You love paper and plastic records. So do it. Win a copy of his new book. That's it for this week, guys. Uh, Big news coming soon. I can't really discuss it as of right now, but you will all find out about it sooner than you think. It's coming. It's a really cool thing. It's going to it's gonna be a good thing for the show, and I think you guys are really going to be stoked on it. Uh, so many amazing guests coming up. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of these awesome, amazing, stellar, killer, kick-ass episodes that are coming up. Make sure to sign up for the new mailing list. We're going to be doing some contests and some cool stuff with our sponsors on the mailing list. If you want to get signed up for the mailing list, and we won't spam you, I swear, just head on over to TOTOTpodcast.com and get connected. It is that easy, ladies and gentlemen. So before I jump out of here, I am going to play some song, not some songs. I always say that because I normally play two or three songs. We already played a Less Than Jake song for the radio segment. So today I'm just going to play one song. I'm going to play The Inevitables with Fort Lauderdale. This is the kind of the first single, the first thing that's kind of, you know, leaked out of Vinny's new project, The Inevitables. And like I said, make sure to go check out their Kickstarter. There's a week left on the Kickstarter. But I am going to play The Inevitables with Fort Lauderdale. That's it, guys. I'm out of here. Hit me up on the socials. Let me know how you're doing. Call the hotline. I never plug that anymore. Call our hotline and leave me a voicemail. Let me know how you're doing. It is 765-372-8818. The T-O-T-O-T hotline. It's there for you to use. Do it. Hit me up. Let me know how you're doing. So that's it. I'm out. As always, this is Chris. And this is The Inevitables with Fort Lauderdale. to gas and then a blast
Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com. <laughs>